On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Now, you know him better as Ask Sniffer 4 on Twitter. Hi, aren't you that guy everybody hates? No, man, no. This is Tall Can Audio. Follow along on Twitter at Tall Can Audio or at Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Just do it! Hello, everybody. Welcome inside episode 808 of the Tall Can Audio podcast. My name's Matt Robinson. His name's Rob Christie. And what is he saying today? I got a bunch of things. Got a bunch of things on my mind today, Matt, which, you know, usually can go one of two ways, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can be informative and interesting, or it can be offensive and completely inappropriate. Both Um, both very much on the table. Yeah. And really, in a podcast, you you never really know, (laughs) right? And what works and what doesn't work, right? Right. Um, we're on, I I didn't know you were going to take right off. I am going to step in front of you for a second. We're on Twitter and Instagram at tall can audio, facebook.com slash tall can audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Um, all right. You you can take it. We got stuff. I don't know. Usually when you, usually when you throw it to me, then you throw it to me. And, uh, that's my time. I, I know I like to let it breathe a bit when you get, you know, you want to do your, your preamble, you want to get the pertinence out there, but I thought, okay, he's he's gonna he's gonna flip it over my way. So. Sunday afternoon, man, just an easy Sunday. However, it goes, it goes right. I'm e- I'm easy like Sunday afternoon. Yeah, close enough. Sure, <laughs> it's workable. Yesterday, Matt was International Whiskey Day. Did you know that? Uh, no, Th- and luckily enough. <laughs> Yeah, I was ha- I was tussling with enough, enough other. I was celebrating spirits. yet another International <laughs> Rum Day. <laughs> yeah, so in in the Gaelic whiskey bar, mm-hmm. right? Which which is Gaelic for whiskey Bob. Two, three, four bar. What's the word? Not Bob. I, I know. <laughs> Water of life, Matt. Water, Water of, of life. life. So it. today is today is conveniently International Hungover Bastard Day. Yes, exactly. International I'm not, Toast Day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how to do or what you know if they go hand in hand, but I, well, I think that's clearly true. Was, if uh, I was that International um, Coffee Day always falls and is real uh, the day after International Beer Day. You know those were well thought out ahead of time. Well, and we just passed about a month ago. We passed International Stout Day. All right, which I couple stout which I love. men here. Yeah. yeah, this is it. Big on the stout bandwagon. <laughs> if I was to ask you, Matt, and this is really unless you've done any research off the top of your head, you know I haven't. What the top 
five whiskey producing and exporting nations in the world are. Just off the top of your head. There's no points to be allocated here for right or wrong answers. Ireland. Ireland in the top five. Not in the top three, but in the top five. America. Number two on the list. Um, and, uh, and on this podcast, it's always pronounced as America. America. <laughs> exactly. Um, do I want to be hanging around in Europe? Uh, for sure you do. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, anything here is just going to be waving at her. So uh, what if I what if I said to you, Scotland, Matt? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense yeah, to be honest. That's with far, you. far and yeah. away number yeah. far and away number one. Uh, number three, Canada. Really? Just just for the record, look at us. Yeah. Um, now, what if I was to tell you, Matt? Is that something you might be interested in? Yeah. Could this be something you're interested <laughs> in? Japan, Matt. It's so funny you say that. For some reason. I was going to say Japan with no knowledge, but just like, you know, there's going to be a big population. They do like to, to have a few, just like the rest of us. I don't know why Japan was on the end of my tongue, but it seemed silly. So I didn't go they, there. They, they've been distilling whiskey since yeah the early 1920s and, and doing a boffo job, super <laughs> diverse, right? In terms of, of what goes on. If I was to ask you, Matt, what you think the top, whiskey consuming nation in the world is is this per capita uh just a uh, no okay by Str- leaders <laughs> straight up by well by case or task yeah. i don't know china like <laughs> india india <laughs> yeah india yeah. Th- this is it and the thing is they also make 120 million casks a year now they are not Listed as whiskey because they make theirs with molasses and artificial flavor, not classified as traditional whiskey. But yeah, the Indians are firing it up and firing Just it back. Giving her, eh? They're loving it. Yeah. So, anyways, in honor of that, a day late, I had some yesterday. I took down a little uh, Black Bush, mm-hmm. it was Irish whiskey, followed by a little Glava. Never heard which of it. Is, well, it's it's a it's it's a blend of Scotch with a little honey. A little uh, tangerine. It's 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 more of an after dinner kind of, but it'll it'll take you where you need to go. <laughs> Tell the good people in honor of uh, of International Whiskey Day. After, if you were to point someone in the direction of one Canadian whiskey, where are you sending them? Oh man, um, I like the Red Breast. Okay. Red breast, you can't go wrong. That's uh, that's more along the lines of an Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always enjoyed yeah. And all that. I mean yeah. is obviously not necessarily style, just Canadian produced, right? Like yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. That's yeah. that's, that's yeah. what that is. That, so that is a, a red breast. But um, yeah, beyond that, it gets it gets a little sketchy. You can get some stuff from uh, from the East Coast, out Cape Breton way. That's that's not bad. I, and the name escapes me now, but they make a a decent a decent whiskey as well. Mm. But yeah, what did you the have in breast. mind? Uh, I, the red breast. Oh, I don't know. Sure, sh- I don't know shit. Uh, honestly, you know me in whiskey. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know about but shit about shit. I don't do not know shit <laughs> about shit. What are you drinking yeah. today? Well, I'm finishing up another little, uh, a little couple fingers worth of uh, of the black bush to mm-hmm. get me uh, to get me on my way. Right. Beyond that, now that I've thrown the last of that back, um, I have. A nut brown ale 
from the Black from- Oak Brewing Company. Correct. Love that beer. Love so it. They're, they're out of Etobicoke. Yep. Right. Comes in at about uh, uh, five and a half, five point six. I haven't Did had you that know- in a while, man. It's a, that's a great beer. It came in with one of my with my Valentine's. Uh, okay. So and I'm backing it today with a um, no bad days dry hop lager from uh, Nickelbrook. That will be this. That will be the second dose. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but see, this is this has got a nice dark, dark body, nice little head on it. Right. I, I managed to keep it off the tablecloth today, <laughs> which will make the other residents in the house mainly one that I really care about. Yeah. You know, happy. I didn't have to. I didn't have to strip the whole thing before everyone got home last week. Um, did you know, Matt, that in a nut brown ale there is actually no nuts? Zero nuts. Zero nuts. More just a nut brown. Isn't yeah, that nutty? And it's, it, it's, it's the roasting, yep. right, that, that gives it that nutty flavor. But yeah, it tr- in a traditional English nut brown ale, yep. no nuts, which, as you say, it's a little nutty. But I'm going to take a pull on this. I, I haven't had one in a while, so. It's a place, um, yeah, and I may have had a couple around the house before. I can't remember because it's a personal favorite. And um, But I remember a few years ago walking in to... Uh, going back to Oshawa and, and my cousin Brandon picking me up, frequent listener. What's up if you're listening? Um, and there was a, a, a barbecue place. <laughs> what's, a, what's up, Thin Phil Kessel? Yes, Thin Phil Kessel. That's very, because now now real Phil Kessel is, yes. is fat Phil Kessel. Um, yeah. lot of, a lot of inside baseball there. We'll, we'll carry on past it. But he suggested to me this barbecue place, and I can't remember now what it was called, and I wish I could because, you know, businesses could use a a shout out these days uh, i'll post it on twitter uh, if it's still open um and we walked in there and it's just like a concrete floor like it looks like somebody's garage essentially um but he said they had a bunch of craft beers and and really good barbecue and uh so we sat down they bring you over a flight and uh, that's where i ran into the nut brown ale for the first time and it became one of my earliest loves on the uh, the craft beer scene and it is yeah from the black oak brewing company um, and the food well, out of this place that I have now slandered terribly with the appearance <laughs> of it also fantastic. So, um, like I said, we'll, we'll put it on our social media feeds. Well, and, and the best, the best places really, I, I, I'm, I am not hung up on airs and appearances and I was at a place in downtown London, England called the glass blower pub. <laughs> okay. It, it had honestly a dirt floor. Like there was beams and then it was like crushed stone it's on like the floor. Sitting under somebody's deck. And so, yeah, and essentially. And, and it was the oldest continuously operated pub in, in downtown London. But it the floor was Pre-dated awesome. Predated concrete. Just, for sure. All those things. And so, or it had been blown up. Yeah. Well. Anyway, anyways, it was, it was awesome. And so to me, I'm all about that. And this is, as you would already know, it's, it's a little malty, but it's smooth. Yeah. Super, super easy drinking. Yeah. Thumbs up, Nut Brown Ale. Crush. What do you got? What do you got going, Matt? This is my final selection from the five paddles brewing company that it seems like I've been working through for months. Um, this is called the Midnight Paddler, and it is their Royal Canadian Stout. Uh, that's literally all it says here on the uh, label. So not a lot to work with in terms of what I might be getting myself into. Uh, a 9.9%. Uh, 
I was hoping. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, this might be one of those shows where you take a little easy after a late night last night. I'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, no, apparently not. We're uh, we're pedal down nine point nine percent on the Midnight Paddler uh, from the Five Paddle Brewing Company. Uh, before we go any further, I got a list here, man. We got guests coming up. You better you better believe that's a paddling. That's a paddling. Um, we got guests coming up, man, and. Uh, kind of across the spectrum of of sports and and what they do and this and that uh, starts on Tuesday morning. We're going to drop a bonus episode for you guys. This is going to be Alex Marchand at Sens DJ on Twitter. If you're an Ottawa Senators fan, you're probably already following him. You know this guy. He's the guy pumping the tunes into the Canadian Tire Center during Senators games. Uh, Really interesting guy. Um, we've been chatting a little bit on Twitter, and I can tell you that this came about because he was taking questions from Senators fans on Twitter, just kind of a Q&A, how do you do your thing, what do you play for this and that, and, and whatever people wanted to ask him. And I said to him, how come your arena sounds like a cool place to see a hockey game, and my arena, meaning where the Leafs play, sounds like the whitest nightclub on earth? And uh, that was how the conversation started. Um, he was very diplomatic on Twitter about, um, you know, the subject. But that was the first question I, I conducted the interview uh, earlier today. Um, that was the first question I asked him. And he went in depth on why that is and, and the science behind it and uh, all these sorts of things. What it, You know, him doing his job. Uh, really cool guy. That's going to be Tuesday morning. On Wednesday morning, Andrew Stoughton formerly of The Athletic, uh, but has written for a pile of places. One of my favorite Blue Jays writers, certainly, uh, outside of the uh, the Rogers family, and that allows him, obviously, some freedom to uh, not be beholden to the parent company, <laughs> um, which isn't to slander any of the people who do work there, obviously, but just a different perspective, different guy. Andrew Stoughton is going to be on the show on Wednesday, obviously opening day for the Toronto Blue Jays is on Thursday. So great time to have him on. Uh, I'm not going to be too married to dates for these next few yet where we haven't exactly locked down when they're going to get released. Um, But the week following Easter, our buddy from Sportsnet, Kevin Mickey, back on the show. It's WrestleMania week. I know Rob's going to be looking forward to that. Uh, We will tee up both nights. WrestleMania is two nights this year, Rob. You just couldn't fit that much awesomeness into one night. Had to be two. Because last year it ran so late that the buses stopped. (laughs) That does happen uh, a lot. Um, So uh, Kevin Mickey will be back on the show to talk a little bit about uh, WrestleMania and and the wrestling industry. So uh, look forward to that one. Um, moving forward, Eric Engels after the NHL trade deadline, Sportsnet's Montreal Canadiens writer. He will be back on the show. Uh, looking forward to having him on as well. Andrew Berkshire, currently of the Montreal Gazette, but uh, formerly of Sportsnet and a one of those analytics gurus who makes me feel way better about my team than often the team's results do. Uh, Andrew Berkshire is going to be on the show. Looking forward to that one as well. And in honor of last year, or last year, last week's character assassination, I'm calling it, where you said I may have had a little man crush on Mr. Dan Schulman and how he, uh, you know, wasn't going to be doing as many games as I wanted him to be doing. I'm just leaning into it, man. Reached out to Dan, said, will you come back on the show? Dad said, yeah, let's do that. So Dan Schulman, voice of the Blue Jays, yes! 
ESPN, uh, March Mat, like college basketball, all this stuff. Dan Schulman will also be returning to the podcast. So the next few weeks, jam packed. Subscribe if you're not subscribed because it's all going to be awesome. And and what I, along with the rest of the good listeners, will be wondering is will be will Dan be phoning us from the far side of Pluto? <laughs> There were some technical issues the last time Dan was on. Um, it did sound like he may be coming uh, to you from the basement um, bomb shelter or uh, whatever was going on. Of the Holiday Inn Express in Buffalo. Sure. Could Clearly. Be, could be. But, uh, and, and that being said, Dan is my, Dan's my favorite probably across all sports. Yeah. I, I, I love the job Dan does. And so that's a great get, Matt. Going to be a great couple of weeks. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, why don't you start us off? You said you had a thing or two you wanted to hit, and I haven't yet had a chance to try this Midnight Paddler. Well, I was twigged to something earlier this week when in the seriously nice weather, I was checking out the uh, the pool. Mm. And, and and it honestly, it cast back memories. It's, what's to, been uh, close, three months? <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I was actually standing by it. Okay. Right? And, and, and looking at it, and, and it made me think of... Uh, of you know years gone by, and I had to reach out to my uh, my good buddy Matt mm. from 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 back in the day. My uh, you know one of honestly, it feels like I I've collected a pile of 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 mats through the years. But Just wipe this, your feet on them, kept going. <laughs> no, that's a high school bestie. <laughs> this guy here, uh, you know him better as Ass Sniffer Four on Twitter. I hey, um, I wondered who that fucking guy was because it seemed like you knew him, <laughs> and I'm like Ass. Yeah, all right, <laughs> yeah. A follow a at ask sniffer four on Twitter. Yeah. If you, um, if, if you want, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, we go way back and, and, uh, and back in the day he had a, honestly, one of the few friends who had an in-ground pool mm, luxury, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so I reached out to him. We were, we were chatting about, um, it made me think of, of by his, by his pool, sucking back some of his dad's beers. And I don't know, maybe I'm 15, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in that range. But it was, it was one of the first times I'd ever had air quotes, a tall boy. Ooh. Right. And it was, are you ready for this? It was a lone star. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Honestly, a, a budget beer before there was a budget. Yeah. Beer. Long before right. you make her a Laker. Yeah, and, and honestly, he had those, and he would always have. He was always good for uh, an old Milwaukee. <laughs> yes, Do they but, still uh, make that shit. Is that still around? I have, I have no, I have no idea. Yeah, okay, I have no idea. And so I was saying to him, he's like, "Oh yeah." He goes, "I said I love the volume of the can, but I didn't love so much the taste of the, <laughs> the, of, of what was the in the content. can." He's like, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I know." It, it, it lacked some of the, the body and flavor and, and all that. He said, but the price was right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he said, and I'm sure if you look back now, my dad would, my dad would love that that couple of young lads were getting their, getting their start on. But I thought, man, that is, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing that anybody really continues to drink beer. When you think about those, that that was your starting line. Well, and, and and that for sure was not the first beer no, I ever but had. You never start with the really good shit. <laughs> yeah, well, and see, and we talked about it before. My dad used to drink OV. Yeah. Uh, the odd Molson Golden. Nice pony um, piss. Yeah, yeah, not good, right? <laughs> I think I think you had. I think you brought in a 
a quart of Molson yep. gold. Just last summer. Trash. Just awful, man. Like uh, you think, you know, that, that smooth is golden. I don't know where they got that, where they got that tagline from. Cause, they, cause it is not good. I, I remember drinking part, getting about two thirds through the court and going, I'm not big on leaving a soldier, but that is that guy's not getting that, finished. Well, and 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 especially the warmer it got, yeah, right. That's why that shit gets drank ice cold, because because <laughs> you got to mute. You better the make hay on the pace somehow, <laughs> right? My grandfather, we we'd always stick, steal a couple of his stubbies. He he drank a he was a solid red cap guy. Okay, yeah, but yeah, you you look back on those things now, and you're like, oof. Who who maintains who maintains beers? And I'm sure you look back and you go, okay, it was a you obviously stole Molson Canadian. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, no, but I mean, I mean, in the early days. Yep. No, for sure. And it, you'd like, I don't know. I, I can remember him giving me shit once coming back from weekend. I don't remember how old I was. I wasn't 15, but I wasn't 19 either. And he tore into me only for a minute or two. My dad doesn't. Uh, he doesn't go on long monologues like you and I um, not a, not a man of many words right Tim. and as it was starting I was like I'm so busted like it was but as we got to the end of it it wasn't that I had drank his beer it was that I had drank his last beer was the issue right he was if you're gonna pull this shit there'd better be at least one left when I get home on Sunday night or whatever. And a smarter Matt now would have known that if you wanted to get away with this, maybe you could convince him you only had two left in here, right? But he knows he didn't have zero left in here. So yeah, you, you never drank the last one, A, to not get caught, but B, that seemed to be the biggest issue was just never take the last one all right I, yeah i got it and, and and really and make a cold too like wherever the wherever those came oh yeah from. they were always in the fridge in the basement there was a so you don't you for sure you don't drink the last one and you you for sure you got to leave something some sort of pliable deni- plausible deniability yeah well and and it's funny because i think i think everybody's parents take a different approach to to drinking as as a yes as a young person. Right. And, and, and so, Hey, 19, 19 is the legal age to drink beer. And we all, we all know this. Honestly, I remember, I remember again, being at, at Matt's place and on the last day of school. And so we went over there and we had a case. So this is grade nine for me. Right. But I don't know. There's like four of us or five of us. It's not like, uh, we're wailing back, you know, 12 each. Right. But again, he's got a pool. He skipped the day. We made our way out there. There was a couple of us. Um, but I was supposed to get home that night and I was going to a Jays game hmm. with with my with my boss at the time. Right. And so I'd had the tickets with me. Why? I have no idea because I wasn't going home, I guess. But somewhere during the day, someone decided, Matt, more than likely, I can't have this empty case of beer lying around my house <laughs> whatever's in rob's bag i am gonna empty and put all these empties oh, into it oh no and he's gonna take it with him and so i'm like forget it i think i pitched him on the side of the road yeah. somewhere between his place in high school and uh i got home or got got to my to my place of employment and the, my boss says you're ready to go and i'm like yeah let me just check the tickets and 
Yeah, can't find can't yeah. find the tickets. Yeah. And I worked for the most mild mannered man ever. But he's like, Well, where are they? Yeah. He started started to get all fired up and he's like, Where were you today? Were you were you out drinking by some some hole? <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Close close <laughs> enough, my friend, really, actually. And so I told him we we wheeled in, I hopped out, I run in the front door, Matt's on the on the couch, on the phone. Never gets off. I go in where my bag was. Sure enough, there's the envelope with the tickets. <laughs> Grab them up out the door. I thought this story was going to end with Matt having an awesome night at the Blue Jays game. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He lived He lived also north of, north of Peterborough. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's just hopping on the go train no, and, I suppose not. And, and, and making their way there. It's, it's a bit of an effort, right, yeah. to get from north of Peterborough to – so. Yeah, I had to pay. Really, I, honestly, at every turn, I got to pay for my, my, my beer consumption at a young age, right? <laughs> but what are you gonna do? What did you think of? I don't. I don't think there's a ton of meat on this bone, but I did want to ask you what you thought of the Montreal Canadiens picking up Eric Stahl for a third and a fifth. And for some context, I believe Montreal had three third round picks this year. Uh, Eric Stahl had Montreal on his. Um, no trade. Yeah, uh, but I can't imagine he wouldn't have been peeling rubber to get just about anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been I'll traded. Go. Cool. He's in his car. Do you want to know where? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just driving. I'm driving. I'm going. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm heading east, hoping. Yeah. Right. It could be anywhere. It could be Boston. Could be New York. It, it's it's anywhere outside of Buffalo. Honestly. <laughs> Basically. Which, which just, we'll get back to this, but when they asked Taylor Hall if he'd waive his no trade, mm-hmm. and, and his did you see his response? No, I didn't. His response was, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Anyone clearly. Particular? Nope, whatever. No, this is it, right? You know, I don't know. And, and he's got to clearly understand at his, at his ticket. Yeah. That, there's not a pile of people picking that up. Right. Uh, but what you also missed was Montreal got the third and the fifth and Buffalo retains half yes. of Stahl's salary. Yeah. Kevin Adams, what are you doing, man? Well, I think that was going to have to happen, don't you? Like No, uh, for sure. And and you wonder and and I'm, I'm going to say, you know, Corey Perry, you know, because they also signed uh, Cole Caulfield last night. Yep. Saturday night, they, he signed his entry level with just, just he's going to burn a year. It's just his entry level. There's Lead no man, bonuses or no nothing. No bonuses. Yeah. Yeah. They are and up so, against it. Right. And so when you're bringing in even half, even half of, of stall salary, and I don't know what it is. I can't imagine it was onerous. No, I think it was only in like threes, three, seven, five or something like that. So you look around now and you go, what, what is Montreal doing? And, and again, Corey Perry, I think has been very good for Montreal for the, for the money he's making and for the expectations, but he seems to be the guy that gets to the taxi squad or to right. the, what you know, you know, whatever it is. And so I wonder, right. You're going to bring in stall who I think is probably going to be, if, if he's half as effective as Perry or yeah, is that where it is? I'm not sure what Montreal's doing there. I'm Other su- than looking for, looking for a little depth down the middle, I guess. Yeah. I'm surprised to hear you say that you wouldn't like, I'd take Eric Stahl right now over Corey Perry. Um, and honestly, as Leaf Twitter is seemingly just pounding the drum on Taylor Hall, if I'm making a deal with Buffalo, and obviously it's off the table now, I would have preferred, again, for the the money, 
and for his position, I, I would have preferred the Leafs to go after Eric Stahl over Taylor Hall. Now, I'm not sure I want badly either one of them, but Toronto could use some help in that three hole in the middle um, who maybe and, could still play on your second power play. Again, if Buffalo eats half, that's the only way Toronto's got even a shot. And again, I don't know that I badly wanted either one, but I, if you're going to give me a choice, I'll take Stahl over Taylor Hall like that. It, it just looks like part of it is the money, but Taylor Hall looks like he's forgotten how to shoot straight. Like uh, there's just something going on there. And well, and he's and he's not a passer. No. So, so if you forgot how to shoot, that's and a problem. You're not man. a passer, and you're making nine and change. Woo! You, my friend, are not much use to anybody. Right. And and I'm not sure what I think it's eight, in. isn't it? I think he's making eight million uh, even. Okay, yeah, I, I, I may be still confusing. I may conf- be confusing him with some of that sweet, fat Jeff Skinner cash that's happening down there. <laughs> um, there's a we'll give yes, Mitch he's a making nine and change. Yeah, we'll give Mitch a day off. Nice. Um, but th- yeah, first of all, Toronto, I, I, man, you have enough guys already pulling down the blue plate special. I'm not sure you need. Another one, effectively, right? We, you and I talked about it after the Leafs-Sens game last week. You know, Spezza's got, you know, he's drinking from the fountain of youth. I'm not sure what's happening there, but <laughs> that guy could play another gajillion years. Looks like. Um, So I, I'm not sure what's wrong. As long as he's needs. willing to do it at league men. I, yeah, the, the, the fan five, uh, the fan 960 out of, out of Calgary would, would lead us to believe that uh, Mark Giordano is going to Toronto. I don't know how that's going to fit either. Right? <laughs> like, for, for, Freddie Anderson's going the other way. Well, it's, all right. Now, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. And they want Nick Robertson too. Yeah. That's. I, let's not get bogged down on Toronto. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. But so you think Stahl is that washed, eh? Like that he can't help Montreal as much as even like a Corey Perry? Well, I, I just, I, I was, I, I say Corey Perry because. That's the guy who's going to. Yeah. Yeah, who's making the league min, and I think he's been very productive. He's, he's been fine for that. He's- yeah, and, and so I, I think it's one of those things, that how much of an upgrade, now clearly stalls a center versus Perry the winger, right? And how much of an upgrade is that going to be? I, I don't know. Is it double? I'm not sure. Right. I'm I'm not sure that, that Stahl is going to bring more production than what Perry's offering, and and short of short of a little assistance to Kakanyemi and Suzuki, and Dino in the middle, I, I'm and Evans. I think is a guy usually yeah, holding down the four hole right. there. But I, I'm not sure how much of an upgrade Stall is going to provide, especially if you got to punt Perry or somebody else. Because, like I said, you got to make not only cap room, mm-hmm. you got to make roster room for Coalfield. Because you know the or Caulfield, you know the the Montreal fans are absolutely clamoring. Oh my god, <laughs> to see this kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, do you then, like, Buffalo has a nice third period lead on Saturday, uh, blows it, loses again. I think that takes them to 19 straight or something stupid. No, 17. 17 straight losses. That, that, put, that put them at 17, which tied them with the 93 Sharks and Fat the balloon. 75. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looking good for you, Matt. And... And and the seventy five Washington Capitals, wow. As, as those are now, I'm listening to because I was watching it. I wanted to see because they were up two one. Then they then Boston tied it. Yeah, and, and it was it was two two. You know, under five minutes left in the game when when 
of course, Boston went up. So, I, yeah, I was watching to see this, right, to see what, what was going to shake loose. This but, historic moment. Can they pull this off and get out of this? No. Well, and, and, and so I was watching it on Sportsnet, and Sportsnet's been picking up a lot of uh, Nesson games. Always the Nesson feed. I, and Jack Edwards, the worst. The worst, man. The worst. And and whatever bar they put up, put up you know, grabbed his play-by-play guy from... <laughs> Yeah, it, his name's Brick, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. <laughs> the accent on that guy, and, yeah. I, and I'm sure, I'm sure most of oh, you he's speaking good, to a certain audience. I yeah, your good yeah. New England types are, are absolutely loving that. You know, chow to head. <laughs> he, uh, but yeah, I was, uh, and and the thing is, Jack Edwards said, with that 17 straight loss, they tie for the second longest streak, those two teams, right? The ones I named, 93 Sharks, 75 Caps. Mm-hmm. And he said, only trailing the 2004. You got it, Matt? Nope. Two, Pittsburgh, uh, oh, wow. Pittsburgh, okay. Pittsburgh Penguins, the tank for Crosby. Now, I know for an absolute fact that this, this is – this is winless streaks, right? Because yep. there have been overtime losses that you have. I believe it's the 1980 Winnipeg Jets mm-hmm. have the NHL record at like 28 games, like 0-22 and 6 because it was ties back then. But that is the absolute record. Right. And so I'm not sure what Jack Edwards is talking about. <laughs> but No one ever is. I've just dropped that stat on here like – but I've also footnoted it saying, take Jack's word for what it's worth. Right. Really. But yeah, it's, it's the, the futility is, is unbelievable. Now to me, they're, they're due for, they're due to bump this. A, the numbers would tell you at 17 straight that you're due to get off. I'll never bet against the streak, man. But (laughs) they, I I think you looked at the game last night or, or sorry, Saturday afternoon where they lost 3-2. Mm-hmm. You have Linus Olmark back in net. And while he may not be, no one's going to ever mistake him for Dominic Ashik. Right. He is a, a significant upgrade at this point over anything else they have. And I think he brings a certain level of at least stability, if nothing else, right? Sure. And so and no I, one I loses think, forever, like at some point. Right. And, and, and now if you have Carter Hutton. For, me, me, ben, ben Hutton, yeah. Or is it Carter? Yeah. Uh, one's a defenseman, uh, one's a goalie. Uh, uh, I think it's I think it's Carter. Okay, we'll go with yours. Um, but now you've you've actually there, there are two. You've cast a little doubt. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say it's Carter Hutton. I think you're former right. former Nashville goaltender as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Omar is going to bring you enough that and then there's there's enough talent on that team to not lose. Okay, to not be this bad, <laughs> this bad. Like it's. It's terrible, right? Yeah. And so I know you want to talk goaltending here in a minute. Before we do, I had one thing I want to run by you, and, and it starts with with a question. And this debate uh, probably doesn't hinge on his time in Toronto. Is Joe Thornton, to your mind, a Hall of Famer? Yeah, Joe, Joe Thornton is a Hall of Famer for me. Okay. Do you remember it, my... It, it, does, it does not hinge on his it's time It's not going to hinge on his time in Toronto. Um do you remember my poster child for not a Hall of Famer, just played forever? Mark Recchi. Mark Recchi is the guy for me. Let me hit three, you with something. Three more three more cups than Thornton. Yep. And, okay, so I've said for long-time listeners a bunch of times, 
Mark Recchi, not a Hall of Famer, because I, I don't remember a time he was ever the best player on his team. He just played for a long time and got a bunch of points. Yep. Let me hit you with some numbers here. Uh, I guess Thornton, a Hart Trophy winner, though. Is Mark Recchi, in your mind, I can't remember, do you have him as a Hall of Famer? I do. Okay. So let me hit you with some numbers here. Joe I, Thornton. I feel, I feel like I'm going to be... No, like, this is about me. No, this. not at all. This okay. is about me. Joe Thornton has played 1,628 games. Yeah, I was looking at the... Did you see that number that flashed up last night where Patrick Marlowe... Yeah, he's only like is, 12 games back or something. Of, yeah, and, and Thornton is only like 100 back. Yeah, well... Um, okay, back we'll to you, Matt. <laughs> yeah. The Joe Thornton has played 1,628 games, has 1,521 points. So just about a point per game. Mark Recchi has 1,622 games and 1,533 points. So in six less games than Joe Thornton, he has 12 more points. In my mind, I'm blown away by that because I'm like you on the Joe Thornton front, no question. Hall of Famer, uh, piles and piles of piles of points for a long time, and and just he had that feel. Mark Recchi, more points, a few less games. Do you are you first? Are you surprised with that? And do I now have a raging hypocrisy problem? Uh, well, this is not new to me. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, I am surprised by that, uh, but there's, there's, there's one thing that's going to come, or at least a couple things maybe here that come to your rescue, Matt, I think (laughs) Uh, I see Recky as a hall of famer because to me, your longevity has to be worth something as it is with Thornton as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the fact that you were, that you were on three different winners in Recky's case, Right, the fact that you you he was seen as one of those guys who helped bring yeah, a winning. You want to have that guy, right? Um, the the flip side of that is he played honestly. Recky started in like eighty six or yeah, eighty seven. Right, right around there. I was just looking and, earlier and he, today. Yeah, and his and his rookie years, his early years, he was with Mario when the Penguins started to stretch their legs and get a lot of points. Maybe not a lot of wins or or success, but Recky played through that late eighties, first half of the nineties when points were, they were handing out points like nobody's business. Right. Yep. yep. Thornton is a guy who's played since the late nineties played through the um, heart of that dead puck era, the dead puck it, era. Yeah. Right. So this, this to me is in, if in your defense, Matt, if you're feeling, you know, the heat of the warming lamp as, as, <laughs> I'm as just you're surprised. sitting up, I really as was. you're sitting up there with that order of wings that <laughs> doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, that to me, that to me is the deal. And, and Recky was never, never won a heart trophy. Thornton did. And, and to me, I agree with you when you look at the heart trophy is given to the person who is deemed to have had the best season. Yep. And so Thornton is at least at one point in his career was right there. And yeah. so, but Recky was never no. right. And, and I think in your defense, now I see them both as hall of famers, yep. but I think if, if you were going to cling to your stubbornness, as I want, to that's do. what I would, 
Well, and, and I certainly, if I was you, that's what I would be doing. I would be, <laughs> I would be pulling those two stats over top of me, or at least around my head yeah. as it's buried in the sand. And, and that's what I'd be going with. Um, I think the fact that Thornton has has accrued all those points in a much harder time period, that to me is is where I is where I would go with that. Yeah. I was just alarmed a little bit because I felt before looking at the numbers, and I don't even remember what it was, it was something a week or so ago that made me look in it just felt like they'd played a similar number of games or something, and I, I can't remember. I saw someone else talking about whether he was going to be a Hall of Famer or not, Thornton, and and I, and that's my my standard bearer, right? Is Mark Recchi is that dividing line? And so I was. I, I went and I looked. I'm like, well, that's uncomfortably close, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> well, you know what, Matt? In 808 episodes or wherever we're at with this, I've kind of given that up. <laughs> I've I've cut free that shame lest it drag me down. Right, that, that when you say eight hundred episodes worth of things, yeah, there's going to be some stuff out there that doesn't age that well. for sure, and it's going to come back on me, and I'm going to be like, hey man, sorry, opinion. This is what this is what I'm doing here. Yeah. I hope it's mostly factual, right? But I know it can't all be right. <laughs> and the good listener comes back and says, hey, and that's what they do. But I am, we are both in here swinging without a net. That's so right. So that's how that goes. It just felt to me, Joe Thornton always felt like a Hall of Famer with no stats. Mark Recchi to me didn't. And so then you look at them and go, oh no, not only are they in the same neighborhood, <laughs> Recchi's numbers are better. So They are right there. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned you wanted to talk a little bit about goaltending value. Yeah, well, and before we do, because you've twigged me now to something else. That's twice, eh? Twigged in this twigged. episode. Yeah, yeah I, I guess it's whatever's, whatever's stuck in my head right at this moment. I can only cling to so many crutches at one point, right? Sure. You have to sort of... Um, are, are the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs equals? Uh, clearly, yeah. Obviously. Okay, you know, if you look at... And it's 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 really the segue into the, into the goalie talk. It's... When you look at the season series and you're like, man, it's it's very tight between yes, those two is. teams. And, Speaking and of that, uncomfortably close. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it, right? And you're like drink throwingly close. Well, and, and the and the beauty is the last game late last week that went to overtime mm-hmm. that Ottawa should have won in overtime. Man, what are you doing, Shabby? What are you doing trying to foot? You got a three on one and you go with I'm a forward push that. back. I'm gonna push that puck right Just at right at Matthews. Yep. Mm, okay. All right. And now Toronto deserved to win that game. I think I said that to you afterwards. Yep. But had Ottawa won that game, mm-hmm. they would have a beat Toronto four times with four different goalies. Yeah, it kind of blows away the uh, Toronto and Edmonton uh, three goalie. St- well, and they didn't, so no, so it doesn't no, matter. Sorry, enough. Forsberg, Anton, you're my friend. You are out. You did, you did Still not hanging win. out in your Jets pads, having yeah, played sure, a game man. for Well, them. you know what? Don't change them because no. you're, you're not here for long. Um, but it doubles back to, and while you're out there, bird dog and guests, you, you need to get on the Scott MacArthur train again. You need to Love see Scotty. what Scotty yeah, Scotty Mack, what he's doing, because uh, it, it it brings me back to that day when he was in studio with us, and he was just giving it to me on on the Carey Price thing. Okay, right, the whole idea that you know that that contract, I believe in 2017 at that point, had yet to kick in. I think that's I right. I think 
it was either going to be the next year or it was the first year of eight. And and he was so down on not paying a goaltender that much money, you know, term and value, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I was very, you know, I'm treading water. I was trying to keep my head above water in the conversation, but <laughs> saying, hey, man, if you have, you know, you, you can't trade for a number one goalie. You can't, if you have this commodity, you got to keep it. Right. Ah, man, I look at it now and and I was, I was sort of, I'd, I'd spent a couple of days this week just casually looking through top goalies by save percentage, top goalies by goals against. And then sort of cross-referencing it with sort of the top six or seven salaries. goalies in salaries. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I say seven because number seven on the list is Matt Murray. Okay. Woo! That is that is not good. But yeah, if you look at at the top end goalies, uh, you got Mark Mark Andre Fleury is up there. You have Vasilevsky is is obviously yeah. up there. He's having a a banner Just year. A, yeah. But you, you get beyond those guys. Oh man, you look at uh you look at the year Grubauer is having, right? In in terms of not only his his wins and stuff, but his his stats. He's right up there. Mm-hmm. You you look at what Carolina's doing and how much they're paying for their goaltenders. Guys nobody's ever heard of before. Or wanted. Right. Waved right. through the league. Right. You look at what Florida's doing, and you got Bobrovsky at 10 million. But he he doesn't have the best stats on the team. No, you got a guy you're paying a less than a million dollars in Dreger, right? Eleven they, million dollars in goaltending, and ten of it's tied up in your backup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and and, I, and, I, and I'm looking at at what happens in uh, and you look at and I'm I'm loath to talk about it. Edmonton is only paying I don't know six and a half seven million bucks yeah. in the, in their goaltending, but. Last night or Saturday night was Mike Smith's third loss, fourth, whatever it is. Like he talking about specifying the fountain of youth. <laughs> Seriously. That guy is playing way out of character. And now nobody changes their spots at 38 or 37, whatever he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's on a crazy, he's on a crazy heater. Yep. Right. And 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 he's making $1.5 million. Right, and, and you sort of go. At what point do you look at uh, look at Vancouver? Now they are on the outside; they're not in a playoff position. But, but you're not hanging Dem- that on their goaltending, yeah. No, and Thatcher Demko is having seen him a couple of times. Ottawa put ninety shots on him in two games and came away with only two overtime losses. Right, like the dude was out of his head. Oh yeah, he put one on Toronto a couple of weeks ago too. Like he's well, they, Toronto went through there and lost two games, right? Yeah. After after putting but one the, of them, the he big. absolutely stole from us. Like right, yeah. and, and both games that he played, he played against Ottawa. Ottawa should have won. Right in terms of flow of play, quality chances, and you go, man, I got Demcode, <laughs> and 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 that is he's making whatever he is the, the minimum or not the minimum, but the entry level sort of a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and all I'm saying is, if you look at Ottawa paying Murray the six and change, and he was he was fucking atrocious, and, and for lots of and and it saps all of the momentum of your team. And and Ottawa now brings in whether it was Decord, whether it was Gustafson for a couple of games. You're not asking for guys. Hoagie played a little. 
Yeah, well, no, Hoagie, thank God, man. He was the he was worse than Murray. The, like, it's funny you guy, say that, man. I, I've As you know, I follow a bunch of Sens Twitter as well, and someone had a stat the other day. And you can cherry pick these, right? And uh, save percentage over a three-game span or whatever it might be. And just saying, imagine, this was a Sens fan, imagine paying Matt Murray five million bucks a year or whatever it is to be your fifth best goaltender. <laughs> like, yeah, well, and the thing with Hoagberg is, if you have your... If you have the the post of your goal nestled in between your ass cheeks <laughs> and you were giving up 80% of your net, you are not yeah, stopping you're many have goals. A bad time. And and if if I if I could count at least one a game in games that he's played, right. you're like, you have totally fucked. There's I've lost my net, I've lost my angle. Then there's I'm out of the blue paint <laughs> and I have no idea where I am. Yeah. And and those were happening once a game. And, and all I'm suggesting is that guy's gone, and Decord came in, Gustafson, and then even Anton Forsberg in that game against the Leafs. Yeah, where you go looks like a Vesna winner hasn't played a King, fucking game all year. Well, he played one. He played one in okay, Belleville, not an NHL game. All yeah, year, yeah, but uh, what I'm saying is all those other examples that we've given. You go if you could just fucking stop the stoppables, the pucks that are coming towards the net that you yeah. should stop, stop them. Yep. If no. you get beat on world class shots, and and so I'm I'm just looking at like Carey Price is by stat by stats is the 32nd ranked goalie I think in the mm-hmm. NHL making 10.5 million dollars, and and I have come I have swayed all the way back to, to the, Scotty Mac for, for sure, man. <laughs> in terms of of you can't you can't pay that a goalie that much because he's not his value like the Mark Stahl Corey Perry evaluation, <laughs> right? That all that extra cash I'm paying that guy, he may be better, but I don't think he is consistently better in terms of what he brings over the five million dollar goalie. You know what it reminds me of a lot is 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 bullpens, right? We kind of got to a point where baseball teams stopped giving unless you knew you were getting like the elite of the elite closer. You didn't pay bullpen arms because bullpen seemed horribly unpredictable. Your great setup guy last year has a 5.5 ERA this year or whatever it might be. Um, and, and I think you're getting to that point in hockey that I, I don't think you're going to keep seeing any of these numbers anywhere close to $10 million for gold. I think Vasilevsky's at nine, isn't he? Uh, I think Vasilevsky is is very close to ten, and this is the okay. first year that he's on that contract. Right, but he so far appears to be living up to it, and is substantially younger than Price and yep. uh, Bobrovsky were when they signed it. I just think you're right. I think unless you know you have like the guy, and you know you're locking him up through his prime instead of at the end of it, you can't do it, and you take your chances with the three or four or five million dollar goalie, and just hope. Just give me something. Just give me solid instead of great, right? And well, and you just live with it because you can't tie that much of your cap to it. And I I heard I heard somewhere so somewhere this this week or last week somebody talking about that maybe goaltenders trending the way NFL running backs. Yeah. Right where you go, man. You have a three. Use them up. Throw them away. This is it. And you go, that guy's fucking elite, but he's elite for a three year period. Yep. Yeah. And then I got another one coming out of wherever. And you go, uh, if I can put a good O-line together, bam. And so he goalies, you go, 
all right, uh, but I'm not willing to pay 10 million bucks. And I have, yeah, as I said, I, I've swung all the way to the other side going, yeah, if you get a good guy and you go, well, 5 million, you know, sure. In that range, I'm willing to do that for you. But let's see where Vasilevsky is when the Tampa Bay Lightning, as a young goalie, like, I don't know, is, is Vasilevsky 26? That like, sounds about in, right. I think he was he's like in 20, that, 2011, 2012 World Junior area, right? Like, yeah. yeah. He, he's sort of in that mid to late 20s range. And you go, where's he going to be at, as the first of this seven or eight year contract? Where's he going to be in two or three years when Tampa starts to slide? Right. Right when 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 the salary cap implications come home to roost, where is that? And when you're going, you mean I don't want Kucherov to pay that guy nine nine point. Yeah, well, this is it. <laughs> uh, sorry, Vasilevsky has cancer. <laughs> oh damn, that's heavy, man. Well, I, I know, but yeah. it, we I think we assume he'll be over it on April fifteenth. <laughs> this is exactly right. As soon as the regular season's done, <laughs> yeah. that guy's good to go. Look at that. I had stage four cancer. And I'm good to go as soon as the season's done. And I and I assure you, in the good state of Florida, you can find a doctor who will, oh, there's who no will vouch that. for that. Yeah. And so uh, I just wonder how far into this eight years before you're saying, Vasilevsky, that's too much money. It's bad I don't deal. care yeah. if you are yeah. perennial Vesna contender. You're now soaking up, you know, 10% or more. Of our of our salary cap, yeah, no, it's true, man, oh. and, and and just in terms of the value of it, like with the cap, with your team, and you know, it, it, sort of in a related way, just to kind of help paint the picture, just in today's LFR that Steve Dangle put up uh, following the win over uh, Edmonton on Saturday night, he said it, it Spezza at league minimum and his, you know. Contribution? Yeah. He goes, you're paying that guy $35,000 a point. And he's giving them to you at like 10 minutes a night. And he goes, Connor McDavid, you're paying him $350,000 a point. Who's really the better value? And obviously he's being a little snarky and he even throws in there. Yeah, yeah. Now do the math on Matthews and Marner. No, I don't want to do that. So like he, he gets it. But, you know, what is it worth to you um, to have, you know, just two, even two capable three million dollar goalies and just ride whoever's hot like carolina did for a while with Mrazek and reimer or yeah. um i don't know bernier and whoever in in detroit's a bad example and i wish i could pull that off the table okay, but, but how about how about jack campbell well that's what we're saying right at a million and a bit over yeah, freddie's five is is yeah. he that is he four million dollars worse than freddie evidence right now would suggest no so well at, at 6012 or whatever it, he is yeah uh, but all I'm saying is, do I think that Jack Campbell at 30 is suddenly going to become no. a Vesna no. winner? A a but is he going to be the guy who you go, man, I'm going to ride that guy until yeah. he throws me? Yep. And Just let, be steady and let, for a bit. And let Freddie get his shit going. And, and if Freddie doesn't, I'm going to ride Campbell the rest of the Looks season. Like, man. And so to me, that is one of those things where you go, yeah, and I'm paying Campbell 1.5. Yep. To Freddie's so, five. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you go, oh, Freddie, if, that, if nothing else, you can look at Jack Campbell and go, all right, I, I thought I, I could still, and I said to you at the beginning of the season, and even maybe two months into the season, that Freddie at five is 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 not a bad no. value. No. And and he and he isn't, but he tends to have gas at the at the worst assist of times. Yes. 
So, but at this point, you go, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ride Campbell yeah. until uh, that bad boy throws me. And then we've seen Keith be willing to do that a little bit more. He has never been nearly as steadfast behind, like never questioning Freddie. And when he, like he will back his goalie like anybody else, but he doesn't say the things that Babcock says in terms of locked in, this is our guy. He doesn't have that same dedication to him, right? He's an unrestricted yeah. free agent. Now, he was here when I got here and, and we'll see what happens. And, and let's wait and see when Freddie's healthy. Yep. No, right? for sure. It, it, it's, it's, Freddie's it's, going to get another shot. Yeah, and it's convenient right now that Campbell is as good as you as good as you have right now. Yeah, and Freddie's and Freddie's hurt. Yes, it is pretty easy so to go, let Campbell happen. Right now. All those questions, you're like, I don't know, man. Go with that guy. Yep, the, the guy we have he, to go to anyway. Right, and you say that is where I want to go, and so I think the idea that if you're going to overspend or spend. Like a like a drunken sailor on on shore leave, do it. Do it on your Marner. Do it on your Matthews. Anywhere do it else, on your but Tavares. your goalie. Don't do it on the goalie. <laughs> and, and 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 I have more and more and more come to that line of thinking, which says, do do it on your skating talent. Yeah, knowing that you can probably find, you know, you may have to look, right? But you can find a goalie who well, and uh, Anton Hudobin in the absence of Ben Bishop, carries Dallas all the way to the cup final last year. Right. Is he the best goalie in the league? No. Was he capable of, of just doing what they needed him to do? Clearly he was. So, well, and, and that's a guy who had it not been for the pandemic and the flat cap. And in a lot of cases, people not willing to spend. Yes. That's a guy who in a free agent year as a mid thirties guy, you go, fuck, I just stood on my head. Yep. And I'm a free agent. Bang. Lottery win. And you, oh wait. Oh no. Ah, nobody's nobody's spending <laughs> the any world money. Collapsed when I was except set to get for that paid. drunken sailor in Ottawa. Yeah. And you go, but you I know what? I'll, I'll stay I'll, here. Uh, yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is it. I'll take it the tax free three point five in the fair state of Texas. Yeah. Uh, last thing. Let's let's just. I, I referenced it earlier. What did you make? Of the of the weird beverage throw from Pierre Dorian, Leafs beat the Senators Thursday night in overtime. Uh, game was, you know, entertaining game, pretty tight. All these things. I I I found that so weird. It's not like the Sens blew a big lead, like the Leafs maybe did earlier in the year. It's not like it was such a weird game. Like it just felt like a random midseason game. You lost in overtime. I guess he's probably reacting to the Shabbat mistake. Like what do you what did you make of that? Yeah, and 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 to pull back the curtain for the good listener, you and I were sort of texting back and forth. I never I I throw my phone behind the couch. Right. Uh, and I watch on delay so I can zoom through shit. So I never look at my phone till after the game, but yeah. you and I were trading a couple of texts after the game. And to me it's like when I saw that I'm like what are you what are you doing? Yeah. It, it it looked like the most you know, high school drama theatrics ever. Like, yeah, it I wasn't got even cameras a convincing on me. throw either. Like, it was a pretty weak. Well, you turn, <laughs> you turn and, and pitch it, and you're like, you really? Yeah, this is okay. the game. This is the game that Toronto dominated. Really, yeah. You know, in terms of carrying sixty percent of the play at least. Yeah. And you go, and and Forsberg was awesome. He yes, made he a couple was. of big saves, and you go, man, we get a point out of this, and you're like, woo! <laughs> Not right? here. You got a young team and you go, yeah, all right. I, I get the three on one. But to me, at the end of the day, you're like, 
that's more of a shoulder slump and a head drop than it is yeah. a, a turn and and pitch it in a half-hearted. To me, it looked very forced. <laughs> it did, and I'm like, that to me is just one more indication that you don't really know what you're doing, right? You're like, I'm going to play to the crowd here because I, I, I'm i going to show some emotion. Yeah. I'm going to do... I'm mad like, too, guys. We're like, But the fan base isn't as mad as you're pretending to be in this game. Like, Right. When it was done, I'm like, oh. Yeah. And, but it, it, you're like, all right. Uh, uh, would I have liked that two points? Of, yeah, sure, of course. for sure. And but just for to what? beat Toronto and whatever. But, but yeah, this is it. But at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, we took the Leafs. Yep. Right to right to late in the overtime and and superior seasoned <laughs> oh, talent yeah. wins out and so to me it, w- it was weak all of it was there was nothing about it that I thought was genuine uh, no right it was forced and come on Pierre and Orleans what are you doing <laughs> uh, anything else you wanted to hit on on this one Nah I think that's I, I, the I, tank I think here that's, I think that's it but. I, I am loving how things are moving here. Do you think there's anything to, or will the idea that the Canadian government has gone to the seven days with X number of, of tests of, te- of tests, you know, will that, will that free things up in terms of, of the trade I deadline have, for you? I have so much sympathy for James Duffy and, the TSN and Sportsnet crews, I don't think much is going to happen. Mainly because, like, I think the teams who know they're out of it aren't going to be willing to take back any money. So, the, like, if you want to make a deal with the Leafs, just for example, yeah. and the Leafs are willing to give you a second, or it depends on the player. The Leafs are willing to give you fair enough pay in terms of uh, you know what your asset is worth, but they need you to take back Freddie or Kerfoot or just eat half, right? Whatever it might be. I think there's a bunch of owners that are just like, no, like we'll just finish the season and be done. We're not going to sure. take on money to to lose anyway. So I don't know how much this loosens things up. I do know Friedman had reported that Toronto, probably not surprisingly, was the team pushing the hardest to get that 14-day reduced to seven. Um, So maybe it allows for a little something different. I know Winnipeg really felt like the 14 days hurt Dubois early on. And so are you willing to absorb that again this close to the playoffs? Maybe you'd be more prepared to do it for seven days and that guys with with no trade clauses weren't in love with a 14-day quarantine and maybe wouldn't wave to come to Canada. So maybe it loosens things up a little, but I expect this to be a pretty quiet deadline, to be honest with you. Well, and, and, and Pierre Luke, I'm, I'm going to point to Dezingle here in Ottawa who has scored five goals in nine games. Shot out of a cannon. Coming out of the 14-day quarantine as yep. well. And you go... Ah, I get it. No, that's fair. I I get it that these are the things that you go. Fourteen days not optimal to be sitting in a hotel room or your house, and, and I think in probably in Dubois' case, it's in his parents' house. Yeah, it could be, eh? And you're like, what are you doing, right? Yeah. But um, I'll, I'll be interested, and and if not, you know, as you say, James Duffy and and the fifteen other people. <laughs> They may have to get out there, and I'm I'm trying to think what is the name up. 
Marty Birol. Look at oh, that. Yeah. It just came. Nice. It came to me. Birol may have to hit Jennifer Hedger in the in, in the bread basket with that t-shirt gun again. <laughs> you, you remember that from a I couple do. years ago? If you want to keep and Jen's my girl. And oh, Jeff O'Neill, the Harvey's hamburger eating contest, maybe has to go down just after lunch, right? That well, they normally sponsor. Hey, is there ketchup? And is the, is, is the O Dog? <laughs> so clearly, the Thursday night game last week was you got the you got the Toronto crew in, right? Yeah, the eighteen. You got yeah, you got the O. Well, you got Poulin in there, so uh, to me, it can't be yeah. can't be completely no. But is is. Is the O dog getting to be fleshier and fleshier? <laughs> like he's starting to look like Eric Lindros now, but never on the ice. Never on the ice. No. But if you've seen Lindros, recently, you know what, man? It's a pandemic. Basically, for my own salvation, I have to give everybody <laughs> a pass. Right. The last All thing right. I, I I'd sort of forgotten. I did want to touch just briefly on. Uh, I did catch UFC 260 uh, on Saturday night. We have a new world heavyweight champion and. The heavyweight division right now, a little thin, but Miocic, um, Stipe Miocic loses to Francis Ngannou. And- O-H! I-O! Oh, wait, not not last night. Sorry. No, L-O. L. Um, <laughs> he, he had set some records in terms of number of successful title defenses, was well regarded as maybe the best heavyweight ever in the UFC he looked like a small child compared to Francis Ngannou. And the scariest part about Ngannou is that even through the the hype videos in his post-fight interview, he's so mellow. He, yeah, he like sure. <laughs> there's He's not the yell guy. He's not the big talk guy. He's just the, I will show up on Saturday and smash your face into a million pieces. And then maybe I'll take my kid for breadsticks at the Olive Garden. Like he just... Yeah. And and he's throwing these punches that look like mailboxes, right? Like just yeah. smashing people in the head. And so he had fought Stipe about three years ago and was very inexperienced um, and just got caught like a lot of guys do. Like when Brock came in the first time and was dominating Frank Mir and Mir just caught him, right? He was just a more experienced um, fighter who took him apart. And Nganu went on, got better. And there was a couple of times where you could see Stipe wanted to shoot and try and take it to the ground. And Nganu had learned enough to just stay on top, right? To just sprawl better, to just not get caught in those situations. And that knockout, I don't know if you've seen the highlights of it. I, I did. It, it's incredible. The, the stability that Nganu had. He lands this brutal left. And in retaliation and almost in survival mode, Stipe throws a punch back, and it's a good shot, but it does not... It's a, it's a Chris Lieben kind of shot. Right? And it does not move in Ganu. He just keeps coming. And but it, who's fresh? Yeah, yeah. And um, and, and he lands the follow-up and, and finishes him. The cage at some point is just holding Miocic up. It's the, I was so impressed with that fight. I was so impressed with Nganu in the first round. You could see uh, there was another time where he had... Uh, he landed a shot that would have knocked out most guys, but Miocic, tough as hell, right, uh, was able to stand his ground. And Nganu didn't rush. Normally, he would have followed in, kept chasing, and worn himself out. Um, it's worth noting that the first time they fought, Nganu was at about 263 pounds, and Miocic was at 245. This time, 
Ngannou still around 265. Miocic decides to go light and try and be faster, goes down to 235. And you could see every bit of that, right? You could see he was just eating these bombs from a much larger man and, and wasn't able to do it. So I don't know what happens next. There's talk that it's John Jones against Ngannou. Jones has rightly already said on Twitter, I'm down for that, but you're going to pay me because that guy's a freak, right? Like that's a rough day at the office. Um, We've spent a lot of time on this show recently talking about the welterweights, talking about the middleweights and, and kind of everything going on there. There's still just something about a good heavyweight fight where you just watch these monsters throw bombs at each other. And and that's what it looked like to me last night. I thought the card was reasonably entertaining. Uh, A lot of finishes. A lot of finishes on the main card. Yeah. And that's usually all you look for. But there wasn't a lot of big names there. But that main event, um, incredible. And and, uh, just loved it, man. If you you look at... um, There's a heavyweight fight. And then there's a heavyweight fight, right? Yes. Like I don't want to see too much Ben Rothwell, right? Sure. Where you got guys who are going to be leaning on other guys, right? And yes. just it's it's just a couple of big guys going. This is this is you're looking at in Ngannou, you're looking at a, a a huge athlete, right? Who just happens to be I'm gonna I'm gonna play this however you want, and yeah. I think Miocic. Uh, you can talk about win streaks and you can talk about whatever else. He ruled over a pretty slim he did. heavyweight division. Yep. And and so, you know, if you want to go back to your, you know, your Cain Velasquez's and your Junior DeSantos's and, and, and these sorts of things, when the division was was busier, yep. right? Busier with, with better a deeper pool of, of, of fighters. Sure. Right. And, and we'll, we'll see, but uh, yeah, I'm not willing to, to, to tip my hat to Miocic and, and put him in the, put him in the, as you know, right. They That's can only lot. beat who they put in front of you. And, and he, he's got a couple For wins sure. over yeah. Dan Cormier. Um, no slouch there. Yeah, right? I, I know, but it, to me, to me, Cormier is, if you look at the age, he, yep. He is when he took it up and 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 all those things. Uh, uh, an outstanding wrestler, mm-hmm. right? I, I just you, you look at it and go, I, I'm not sure that if it, DC would have been better if if he's if he started if he came to the sport at a younger age. Yeah. And so to me, he yeah he's he's great, but you never I don't think we ever saw the full potential. Of, yeah, you're probably of right. Daniel, there. of Daniel Cormier, and so you go, yeah, right. You're you're consistently beating a. Yeah, a sort of yeah a a, a a weaker or a watered down version of what could have been Daniel Cormier, right? If he came to the sport as a as a young guy instead of focusing on wrestling, yeah. But anyways, I I I think that that does matter for Miocic. Well, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, whether it is John Jones, um, who's next, and Ganu could turn out to be like we're sort of seeing in a few divisions right now this kind of like now what right like Nganu had to knock out everybody to get there did it and now who wants to get in line to get knocked out again <laughs> right like they 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 did some of those force tests and you know, you've seen them you go to your shitty little bar slash arcade and you can punch that thing and it tells you how, how much force is behind your it's like getting hit 
by a Honda Accord is what they kept saying. So it's not the biggest car, but it is still getting hit by a car, right? When this guy throws a punch, it's incredible, man. The soup bones that this guy was just pounding Miocic in the head with. It was unreal. Um, and, And he may be this guy now with the size and this increased, you know, uh, experience now and and being a little smarter about how he approaches it for anybody currently in that heavyweight division uh Francis Ngannou is going to be a very tough out when i was listening to Aaron Bronstetter yeah right who who does who does a lot of work for TSN and um he was talking about you know the idea of what does a what does a trilogy fight look like with those guys yep. and he's saying Man, the second one was, and you've already laid it out, the difference between the first fight, the changes made to the second fight, mm-hmm. and just the fight crew that Nganu has and the athlete himself, you go, ah, the third a third fight in that trilogy yeah. probably is not ending any differently than... Yeah, Dana seemed pretty... He was asked in the post-fight press conference. He didn't rule it out, but he didn't seem that interested like that was the next thing on the table which is so weird for a, a guy who's supposedly been this dominant champ that it, he's not the automatic rematch i think they're looking at it like yeah this may have this may have passed you by right and, <laughs> and you saw that tweet where john jones tweeted out hey show me the money right yep. like, yeah, give me this and, and dana's saying yeah don't don't get your ass kicked at 205 or whatever it is <laughs> right you know and and, and the idea is man uh, Jones as a dominant champion at 185, that's a huge move. Oh, to a right? 265 in Ghana. To, to a guy who's just oh chucking God. in under, under the 265 <laughs> yes. upper limit. And you're like, oof, that is, that's a freakish big move. And so you go, man, I, I'm going to cut and go, there's an 80-pound discrepancy? Yeah. Woo, that's a lot of weight, <laughs> man. Uh, fun night of fights. Like I said, I, I didn't know a ton about some of the undercard, but, uh, the main event paid off, which is really all you can ask for on a lot of these, but, uh, uh, some finishes and, and really it's all I'm asking for. So good and, night and of fights. And you're looking for a future that may be one of the last fights without a crowd. Uh-huh. Looks like man, us they're open for business. Mind your business. For better or worse. Uh, we'll wind this one down there. Don't forget, on Tuesday morning, Alex Marchand, the DVJ for the Ottawa Senators, will be here. Got a bunch of stuff we want to ask him about, so that's going to be a good show. Wednesday, as we get you set for the Major League Baseball opening day, Andrew Stoughton will be here. So it's going to be a busy week on the podcast before Michaela returns on Friday. And then, uh, you know, got which lots of great stuff to come. Which is super important because, you know, you guys can break it down for real on Wednesday as opposed to you and I waving at it here on a... This is it. Who made the team? Who's been, you know... Yep. Is, is Springer actually going to play? We, we got a bunch of stuff to look at. So uh, that'll Can't be Can't wait. Looking I'll forward. be listening. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio. Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. We will see you on the next episode of TallCanAudio. See ya. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. 
Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.